My name is Emily Peterson, and this is episode 167, Doing Hard Things. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for being here at the Becoming You Forever podcast. My name is Emily Peterson, and I will be your host. I am a master energy healer and certified neural life coach. I'm a mother of four and a wife of 15 years. I love the beach. I love my feet in the sand and the water and connecting to the earth and all things music and fun and play. I love dance fights with my son where we play and pretend. And you know what? I love using my unique gifts and abilities to help busy women access their inner guidance, confidence, and power to be able to transform their life from the inside out, to finally conquer overwhelm and anxiety, and to feel in control of their lives again, thus becoming the next level version of themselves, becoming you forever. Thanks for being here. Hey friends, what's going on? Let's talk about doing hard things. What is the definition of hard things? I mean, honestly, don't we just kind of make up things as we go along? Like we make up the definition of what could be hard, what could be easy. We make up the definition of what we like, what we don't like. We have opinions. We have stories that we create. We have beliefs and stories that we have had like maybe our whole life Um, and to some people, certain things are harder than for other people. And we don't even all experience life or anything the same as anyone else because we're all individual. So when I think about doing hard things, we, we could just narrow it back down to our own individual way of experiencing and going through this life, going through the different things that we may define as challenges. So something hard for me may be something simple for you, although it may not be the exact same thing. So here's an example. When I was 12 years old and I wanted to learn how to play guitar, my teacher you know, he was teaching me how to wrap my fingers around the neck of the guitar, put my thumb in the right place on the back, press hard with my fingers on the strings and in the right places in the frets and everything. And at first it was very hard. It was super hard for me to be able to make a sound that was clear when I would press my finger on that string. And it hurt. It hurt my fingers because they were raw. They weren't used to pressing that way. They weren't used to doing anything that um, made sound in that way because I never really took on an instrument before that. I started to learn a little bit of piano, but not much, not enough to like feel disciplined to do anything. (laughs) And I never really played any... um, competitive sports or did anything that was too quote-unquote hard. And I guess the hardest things that I had to deal with from a young age was sharing the spotlight with siblings or sharing a room with a sibling or um, sharing my clothes or sharing things because I had six sisters and two brothers, right? And so I got used to just a lot of people, a lot of noise, a lot of things going on, a lot of us, you know, wanting to 
use the bathroom at the same time. I don't know. Like, it wasn't really that hard. And so I also, during the same time, or right before, I guess I kind of started learning something hard and just didn't really stick with it. Um, I learned a little bit of karate, but I didn't stick with it or like it because it was too hard. One, the moment she had us doing push-ups on our knuckles, I was just like, eh, this is not for me. Nope, I am not doing this and decided to try something else. But with the guitar, the reason I stuck with it is because I knew there was something there. I knew that there was something that I wanted and loved and enjoyed about it. There was something that I knew I was meant to explore. I was meant to do something with it. So that for me was even as it was hard, was something that I decided that I would still continue to do even though it was hard. So when we define hard things for ourselves, now we can look at, are we going to stick with it because we know why we are doing it? Not only what we're doing and how to do it, but why? Why would we stick with it? Why would we want to do the hard thing? Another example is when I chose to even explore the option to go to another country, even though I didn't know it would be another country, but to serve God in such a way that would take me away from my family for over a year, for a year and a half as a missionary for my church. And I didn't want to do this. Like I didn't want that to be something that I did in my life. I didn't think that that would be something I would ever explore in my life because that was just something that certain people did because, you know, they were either they felt like it was something they wanted to do their whole life or it was something that they felt that they should do because maybe they were taught that their whole life some people went because they thought it would be cool and they just wanted a cool status on their <laughs> on their stamp of life. I don't know. Um, everyone kind of cho- chose this or certain people chose this specific part of service to God as a missionary for whatever reason they chose it. And for me, there was this, this certain time in my life where I was literally just like, no, this is not for me. I was in my early 20s and girls at the time, they were able to choose to go and serve at the age of 21. And as I was approaching 21, I had multiple people in my family (laughs) who said, hey, so what do you think about going on a mission? And I said, hey, nope, sorry, that's not for me. And I was very set in my ways. I was very like in your face. No, like really just not going to do it because anyone was bringing it up. I really quote unquote rebelled. I use these quotes because it wasn't real rebellion. You know, I mean, that's another thing. Another podcast of its own is a definition of rebellion. But, um, 
No, I heard about a lot of people's stories and it seemed like something hard. It seemed like something um, that just wasn't for me. And then as I was going through this time in my life, I had finished beauty school. I was um, living on my own and just enjoying freedom, really. Like I, I would date, I would hang out, I would do all the different things that I wanted to do, get to know new people and just exploring life. But then for whatever reason, somehow it hit me that I just was not happy. Like my life seemed so hard during that time, hard to feel this feeling inside that I call the spirit. It felt hard to be happy in my life. It felt hard to do anything that was fulfilling. And I had no idea why. So I kind of explored my options. I went back and I I read a lot. I read a specific um, blessing that was just for me. I read a specific um, like scriptures and uh, anyway, just different things that I decided I would explore a little bit more. And I still remember this one specific Sunday. I was at church and it was a, a place, a ward is what we call it. It was a ward filled with other individuals who were around my same age, who were single, who were out of high school, who were either in college or out of college, older, whatever. So it was between the ages of like, not even 18, because those were younger ones. So from 20 to like early 30s. And as I was there that Sunday, I seriously was just sitting there like, who am I and what is my purpose? What am I meant to do on this earth? Why does everything feel so hard? I pondered this question and this specific day was what we call a fast Sunday. It was a day where even if you're a different religion, you know what fasting is, where we, or you know what, if you've ever even done the keto diet, you know what intermittent fasting is. (laughs) Anyway, so I was fasting. That meant that I had no food or drink for 24 hours and I was really, really just focusing on my soul. I was focusing on kind of letting go of the physical, natural parts of me so that I could kind of be more in tune to what God is trying to teach me and what he wants for me in my life. And not just what he wants for me in my life, but what I am meant to do that he can give me insight for that I wanted in my life before I even came here. Something that I knew I would do and accomplish. So as I was sitting there that day and then as I went home and as I was just continually like thinking and pondering and taking all the different thoughts into my mind, I still couldn't figure it out. I was like, I'm doing all the right things. Like I, these are the specific things that we're told to do and we'll be happy. And I wasn't happy. I was doing all the specific things that they lay out for us, especially like, if we want to follow God, 
And if we want to be happy, we do these things. And I felt like I was just, I was all in, you know, I was doing my best at that time. But I didn't realize there was something missing. I just wasn't sure why I wasn't so happy. So then I did another hard thing, which was to humble myself and to finally ask if there was something that I was missing in my life, if there was something more that I was meant to do. So on a day off from work, because I love working at the salon, but it was always busy and I didn't have time to just like ponder and reflect and think about all the things that I wanted in my life. So on my day off, I gathered a few of my essential items, which is my guitar and my scriptures and my journal. (laughs) And I turned on some of my favorite music, which would be inspiring to me, which was especially at the time and still is Peter Breinholt. I don't know if you know who he is, but there's just something that I love about his music. It's probably because of the acoustic musician in me. Um, Him and Jewel. (laughs) They were like my top two. Anyway, so I'm in my car. And at the time I lived in Provo, Utah. And I was driving, listening to my music, and bawling my eyeballs out. I don't know how I was driving because my eyes were so wet with tears and so filled and foggy (laughs) that it was probably not the safest thing to do, right? But I was driving and I went this back way. I went through this back canyon. It just gorgeous. I just needed to kind of be in nature, explore and look and think and ponder and let things work through me. And it felt so hard at the time because I didn't know what I was actually processing, what I was actually doing. I just knew I needed to do something different. So as I'm driving, I'm making it through the back of this canyon, and that brings me through this other part of a canyon, actually from where I grew up in Salt Lake. And so as I was in this other area, and I'm driving, I make it to this freeway, And all of a sudden, it's starting to get a little bit darker. Like the sun is setting, but it's not, you know, it's not super dark, but dark enough where you can start to see some of the lights come on around the city. And I'm on the freeway. And on this side, to my right, I see these gorgeous lights. And then I see this exit that I'm just like, fine, I'll just get off this exit. I have no idea where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing, but I decide I'm just going to go. And as I'm driving, I actually eventually make my way to this gorgeous temple, which is a place where we get to do specific work to help um, others, to help those who have already died um, and make more promises to God. So this beautiful temple, we have temples all over the world, and this beautiful temple is sitting right there. I make my way to the parking lot. And at the time, like, I wasn't going to go in. I wasn't prepared to go inside the temple. I wasn't dressed or I didn't have all the things that I would need. But anyway, I wasn't planning on going inside. I just, I needed like a quiet place to sit and reflect. So 
I pull in the parking lot. People are kind of trickling out, leaving and stuff. And where I park is further away from the entrance and things. So I park facing the opposite way of it. But in my side and rear view mirror, I can actually see it in my reflection or in the reflection of the mirror. And so anyway, I I think about walking around and then I'm like, no, I don't want... I don't want to be crying in front of people. It's not that I care what people think, but I don't want someone to be like, oh, are you okay? Like, even if I don't know them, people are just nice. So they're going to find, you know, want to know if, if they can help with anything. So I didn't want the attention drawn to me in any way. I just wanted my alone time to just kind of reflect. So I sat in my passenger seat of my car and got all my stuff I was like writing in my journal, I was reading, I was trying to do whatever I could, and then I was just like, okay, just stop. I turn everything off, including my mind, I turn off the radio, I turn off um, all my thinking for writing and everything, and I just set everything down and I'm still. And I'm sitting there being still, and I'm just like, okay, God, if you want me to do something different or to do something more or to understand something, just give me some kind of insight. Give me like a sign. I literally actually did ask for a sign. Okay. (laughs) And we don't always want to do this because, you know, maybe, maybe it's not a good thing. But at the time, like I really needed to know how God would speak to me because I didn't fully understand that. I didn't know that I could receive more understanding and that God would speak to me personally. And I didn't know how to do that. Even though I had been praying my whole life, I don't feel like it was ever anything super um, fundamental or like important, I guess. And so like I knew how to pray, but I wasn't always clear on how to receive clear, clear understanding and answers. So I'm sitting there in my passenger passenger side of my seat, car. <laughs> and after I say this little prayer, I look in the side mirror. I see the reflection of the temple. And then all of a sudden I see my own face. And this reflection that I saw in that mirror was not the girl, the young woman, the person that I felt I was at that time. I literally saw a different image of myself, a different reflection of me. I saw a confident, glowing, peaceful, calm person. Like I saw this countenance of this woman and I was like, who is this? Like it was me, but it wasn't me. (laughs) So... Then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, wait, what? This is is something just clicked inside of me. And I literally felt like I saw myself as a missionary serving God. Like that's who she was, was this confident, beautiful, calm, just filled with the spirit person. And I started to bawl. And I said, Heavenly Father, if this is what I'm really supposed to do, if this is my answer, 
I can't just believe it from this little experience right now. Here I am asking for another sign. I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) So here come the lightning bolts, right? So I said, if this is what I'm supposed to do, someone else will see in me what I just saw. Here I am testing God. But what I was experiencing in my life was hard. And I I didn't want to like do anything quote unquote wrong. Like I didn't want to do the wrong thing. What if I was supposed to stay home and meet somebody and get married? I didn't want to go on a mission if that was the wrong thing. I didn't realize that it could never be the wrong thing. <laughs> so anyway, I I left that in God's hands and was like, okay, if I'm supposed to go, then somebody else is going to see it. I doubt they're going to see anything because I, I don't look like this girl anymore. That reflection was just for a moment. So eventually I make it home. It's about an hour away. I start walking inside. And at the time I lived with my sister, my oldest sister, who also had served a mission. And anyway, I walk in the house and she goes, hey, Em, how's it going? I was like, pretty good. She goes, is everything okay? And I said, I think. She goes, did you just like get an answer to something? Because you look different. Guess what I did, guys? (laughs) I went to my room. I laid my face in my pillow and I bawled. And I bawled and I bawled and I bawled and I bawled. And I was like, that's the answer. That's the sign I was asking for. Somebody else would see in me what I just saw. She saw that there was something different about me. And I didn't expect anyone to see that. I didn't expect anyone to like think that there was something different. She just, she saw that my countenance had changed. She saw that there was something different. And she literally did use the words at the end, like there's something different. Did you get an answer to your prayers or, or um, something, something along those lines. Like, did you just receive some kind of inspiration or whatever it was? Like, I really don't know all the specific words. I just know in the moment that I knew that that was my answer. So for however long it was that it felt hard to receive answers and to receive my own personal inspiration and insight in that moment, I could not deny that that was Heavenly Father speaking to me through somebody else. That he was willing to give me this sign because this was a higher and greater purpose that I was meant to fulfill. So as I'm in my room bawling my eyeballs out, I say another prayer and I say, okay, Heavenly Father, here am I. I am willing and I am ready to do what you want me to do. Even though I don't want it, even though I know it's going to be hard, even though it's not going to be comfortable and it, it's not something I feel like I really want to do, I guess I'll do it. And I just could not deny it. So preparations for that um, just kept making things harder. As a missionary, there's also other things that you have to do to prepare. You prepare spiritually and Um, emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever. Like there are just different certain things that you have to do. So you have to apply basically where you send uh, through a bishop or whatever. You talk to 
a clergyman in your church, you talk to somebody who's higher up over that specific area, and you tell them, hey, this is what I want to do. How do I go about doing it? He gets you what's called the papers, and you start filling out all your paperwork. Basically, similar to an application. And then they send that to church authorities in Salt Lake City, Utah, like the prophet and apostles and those who are authorized to send individuals on missions around the world. And they receive insights for where you're going to go. So again, in preparing for all of this, so many things got in my way. So many things kept coming up, making me question if this was still right. Like it was my health and then it was also my job and, and money. And um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of all the things, but it was just even the little things where like I couldn't get specific shots done and it just started getting harder and harder to deal with where I was like, okay, Heavenly Father, I feel like maybe I was just supposed to, you know, kind of be on the journey of preparing for a mission, but not actually going because this stuff that's coming up for me just makes it seem like this is a sign that I'm not supposed to do this, that I'm not supposed to go anymore. And so I was doubting that this was right because of all the obstacles getting in the way. And then I got my calling is what they call it, where they send you an announcement. I guess today you can read it on like a digital device. So they send like an email and stuff. But for me, it was paper in an envelope in the mail. I was still living in this house and I was living with my other sister at this time. And I still remember that day I was on a jog and I came home and I was like, oh my heck, I totally left my key inside the house. I was locked out of the house, but I went into the mailbox and because that was before we had locked mailboxes. Anyway, so I opened the mailbox and my calling was there and I wasn't going to open it until I was like talking with everybody that I love wanting to share this exciting new news. So another hard thing was that I was locked out of my house. I couldn't open this. I was so excited. I didn't have my phone with me because I don't, especially at the time, we didn't have those cool pants that had pockets for our phones and little straps to put our phone in and stuff. So anyway, I went to my sister's work, which was around the block, and told her, and I was so excited, but all the little things that would just keep keep taking place, keep happening. We're just, you know, little things that I was like, holy cow, really? All of this has to happen when you're trying to do the right things. (laughs) So we eventually got in the house and I eventually got a hold of everybody. And we talked about the calling and I was called to serve as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to the Johannesburg, South Africa mission. And I was like, where the heck is this? And I was so excited and realized that it's okay if things are hard and obstacles get in the way. This is part of the journey. Obstacles are sometimes the way to the other side of this beautiful journey. As long as we don't get distracted and take the detour that takes us away from the end goal. So I was super excited. I was ready. I was just like, okay, here I go, (laughs) you know, and 
um, continually preparing. And then the day of what we call a farewell, where we talk to our congregation and kind of give a last speech or whatever um, and testify of Jesus Christ before we go off to serve him in another country or another state or whatever. And the day before I was supposed to do this talk, our family was going to have family pictures. And I woke up and I felt paralyzed. I felt so sick that my whole entire body was aching. I couldn't open my eyes. I was just so sick. And I realized that that dark power, the adversary, whatever you want to call it, that resistance, he knew what good I would do. And he was like, let's give her more hard things because we've seen that there are times where she's like kind of questioning and doubting. And if, if we give her heart, something hard enough, this might be the last sign that she receives that this isn't right. And I knew, I knew that it was the dark powers just fighting against me because I knew who I was and what I was meant to fulfill. But so did he. And he didn't want me to do this. So he decided, let's give her just another hard thing and see if she's really going to follow through this time. Because, yeah, I kept following through, but it took longer and longer and it kept getting harder and harder. So long story short, I, I just prayed through it. I prayed through it. And then I asked for a priesthood blessing which is God's power to help heal the sick and to um, even cast out evil spirits, just like Christ did in the New Testament times. So after that, I just kept praying, and I was still feeling sick, but I decided to just get up and get ready. And I was doing my hair and my makeup, and I felt faint, and I still had blurry eyes and just felt terrible. My body was so weak. And we took our family pictures. The funniest thing is that I look really good in those pictures. You can't even tell I'm sick. (laughs) It's so weird. But then the next day came and I was able to give that speech. And I was able to visit with people that I love and just prepare myself for the next step of leaving and going and serving the Lord. And so I got through these hard things because I took one step at a time in the right direction, leading me through the hard things. I didn't let these obstacles stop me. If for a moment I did, I had to get back up and try again. It's like when you're on a hike and the obstacle might be that Either you have a split two-way path and you're not sure which one is going to be the best path, or maybe you do have a literal obstacle like a big, huge boulder or something in the way and it kind of blocks off your trail and you're like, okay, well, I guess it's all kind of a free-for-all and we're going to just pray for the best that we're going to make it, right? And I feel like that's what was happening is that 
these little obstacles were like either a boulder or it was like just a different path, but I still made it. I still made it to this specific destination, even though it was hard, even though I had these obstacles in the way. And I am grateful every single day that I did push through and that I did do this specific thing because that specific choice of going on a mission changed parts of who I became because I became somebody who became more resilient, diligent, obedient, um, knowing how to feel that beautiful feeling of of the spirit, knowing how to follow God's will, knowing how to serve and help others, learning more about the gospel of our heavenly father in Jesus Christ, where others could be blessed for the eternities, for their families. It helped me become more um, learn, learned, <laughs> understanding of God's teachings, how I personally receive inspiration and understanding, how I have specific gifts that I can share with other people that I didn't realize I had, that by doing these hard things, and it was really hard, going to South Africa and having certain experiences and being rejected and sharing something that was so, so deep within my soul, the core of me, sharing that, being so vulnerable and then being rejected again and again and again, but then also seeing the fruits of the beautiful opportunities to teach and to see people come to know who they were and come to know who God was in their life and come to know what they could do to overcome the obstacles on their journey. It was the most ex- exciting and uh, very hard and difficult experience of my life. And this also has led me to become who I am today. That those little choices, getting through the hard times, so going from something as small as the hard thing of pushing my fingers on those strings of the guitars knowing that I was meant to learn guitar and that that was something I loved and wanted. I just kept pushing through it. As as simple as that, doing that hard thing led me to do the harder things that led me to doing even more hard things. And if we just keep pressing forward, just focusing on our end goal, Focusing on the end result that we desire, even if we don't know how we're going to get there, even if we don't know that that is going to be the result, we just have faith that we're going to move forward and that we're going to find our way to the end that we really want to be at. We can do hard things. What is that hard thing? My daughter's doing this hard thing where I talked about it um, a couple weeks ago, where she had surgery on her back. And There was a time during this recovery, she's still recovering, but during this recovery where it was really hard for her to process what was going on inside of her body. Her body was responding to the meds. She wouldn't have pain in her back, but then she'd feel bloated and hurting in other areas. And um, she just gets up and she does the hard thing every single day. And we all have something specifically hard for us that nobody else understands. And that's okay because if nobody else here on this earth understands, there's just one person who does. And this is just what I want to share is that that one person knows all the hard things. 
And I know him as my savior, Jesus Christ. And other people may know it as just a higher power, that there is something that understands us. There is someone that understands us. And to me, it is Jesus Christ. He understands the hard things that we go through because he went through it. And he went through it above and beyond what his actual calling was, what he was actually saying that he would do, he went further and he did even more because he wanted to know how to help each and every single one of us, no matter what, whether we reject him, whether we turn our backs on him, he still knows us and he still loves us and he still wants to help us. So if we're going through hard things, we just need to remember that we're not alone. That we can do these hard things if we just take one step in the right direction and have that faith that we can do these hard things. Today's episode is a little longer because I wanted to share this story so that you could learn how to apply it in your own life, to do the hard things as they come up, to have faith in the right things, in the right purpose, in the right person. Whatever that looks like for you, I am on your side and I want to help you do these hard things because sometimes the hard things are the most important things. Sometimes the most important things are the harder things, right? So let's do this together. Just know that you have someone on your side who is helping to want to help you pull through and to get through this. I hope you have a fantastic day and have the resilience to get through whatever it is that you define as the hard things. See you later. Thank you for showing up and being part of the Becoming You Forever community. If any of this is valuable to you, I ask that you would share with others. Just go ahead and share the link. And you could also get onto iTunes if you have the opportunity and share a review and leave me a five star because I know that that's how you are. You show up and you just help and serve so many other people. We help one another as we share what is of value to us. And I am so grateful to be here. If you do not have a coach and you are seeking more support and just need more clarity in your life and want more harmony and confidence to thrive and to become that next level version of yourself, I would love to be your coach and I would love to support you however I can. So go ahead and just reach out at www.insightsfromemily.org.